First Peter chapter 5. Remember us old people. I tore the, I tore the mic up. I'm sorry. I need a keeper. But try to remember, sound man, that if uh, I can't hear me at my old age, I don't think anybody else can hear me. And I get real loud, okay? So uh, let's, uh, let's make sure the old man is, is on up there. First Peter chapter 5. <clears throat> I uh, discovered many years ago that we have two sons is not true. My wife has a son, and I have a son. And if you, if you know my boys, you have no doubt figuring out which one is which, all right? But I asked my youngest son, because he's a clown, and our folks just love to hear him preach, but he has never been called to preach. You know, John O. Rice said that he was never called to preach. Did you know that? But you can volunteer to serve God. <clears throat> but uh, I, I brought him off to the side, and I said, now listen, I, I, I've got a thought, but I don't know how to put it together. I want you to preach a sermon. And, and I told him the text I want him to use, and I said, just put it together. And he did such a good job with it that I thought, man, that's good. That's good. And uh, so I put my little twist to it, and that's what I'm going to preach to you this morning, all right? <laughs> and... Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, uh, he, you'll hear a little bit of humor. You'll hear a little bit about my family this morning. But in First Peter chapter 5, <clears throat> I know you didn't read your Bible this morning, so I was going to read it all to you, but I don't have time. Verse 5, he said this, <clears throat> Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and give a grace to the humble. Let me say this to you this morning. Clothe means to put on. Simply means, you know, uh, I have a bad habit of dressing myself. It's not funny. And it's really not funny to my wife. Now, you're young married men. You got enough sense to have your wife dress you, and that's why you look sharp. What I'm wearing today, Greg Neal bought for me. He picked a tie out, everything, because he feels sorry for old people. <clears throat> but I'll get dressed for church sometime, and I'll walk out. And my wife will say, you're not wearing that. And I said, hide and watch. I'm wearing that. She said, it doesn't match. I said, it does today. <laughs> Amen. It's amazing how that we can wear clothes, we can, we can cover ourselves, we can put on uh, things that, uh, do they match or do they not match? Now, you big time men of God are always perfect. I like boots and a pair of jeans. We call them dungarees because we're rednecks. <clears throat> but it's got to, today it's got a match. It's got a fit. Uh, you people that are not in your 70s yet don't understand why old people are constantly going, <laughs> even when they're preaching. 
Now, let me tell you why we do that. Most of us have two chins and two bellies. That's just life, okay? Another reason is today we'll weigh 200. Next week we'll weigh 170. And the week after that we'll weigh 200 again. So we just keep the same old clothes. And when you got those, the, the same old clothes, they don't always fit. All right? And so you have to catch yourself putting, you, you better to pull them up than lose them. <laughs> Man. But here he's saying, close yourself with something that pleases me. Listen to me carefully. I love you women. There's nothing on earth more godly than a godly woman, nothing more precious than a godly woman, and nothing worse than an old heifer. And I consider my wife a godly woman. I really do. Good soul winner, good teacher. Uh, it does a lot of uh, uh, ladies' conference stuff. But I don't wake up every morning, women, forgive me, I don't wake up every morning to please my wife. I wake up to please God. I don't wear what my wife wants me to wear. If she wanted me to wear it, lay it out for me, bless God. If I've got to go get it out of the closet myself, I'll get out what I want. <laughs> but I want to put on every morning what pleases God. Simply clothed means to put on. Verse 7 says this. Cast in all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The Bible talks about casting your bread upon the water. Now, in, in water flow, New Mexico language, let me explain to you, intelligent people, what it means. That means throw the bread out there. When I go fishing, which is once every 25 years, <clears throat> I like to cast you know what I'm doing? I'm throwing it out there. You still with me? Here he says, casting all your care on him for care for you. Throw it on him. And that sounds disrespectful. But God said it, I didn't. When you literally, <clears throat> I'm going to say this to you. I can throw anything at God I need to and he can catch it and he can handle it but we're going to sell our problems ourselves as if God don't exist hello cast all you care on him I didn't know <laughs> you don't like this one I'm gonna give it to you anyway verse 9 whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in you also. Now watch this carefully. You're not so special that you're the only one going through a tough time. You, you listen, you're, you're not the only preacher that the devil's attacking. You're not the only one that has a hard time getting up every morning to read your Bible and pray before you take off to school or to work. Hello? Uh, listen, you're not the only one that's got financial issues. You, and I love you to death, but listen to me carefully. You have no earthly idea what financial problems are until you start a ministry. You, you people that have bus ministries, you know what? You have to spend your own money sometimes. Plus tithe 
and give an offering. You, uh, listen, are you listening to me? You're not the only one that wanted to sleep in this morning and not make it to Sunday school. You're not the only one that'll want to stay home and not watch the Jacksonville Jaguars lose and still go to church. You're not the only one who's, well, I wish they had a different husband. You're not that special to think you're the only one having problems. And then he, then he got, got all the way down there to verse 13, and he said, uh, the church that is at Babylon. Now, watch this carefully, folks. Not only do I need to be clothed with what pleases God, I need to throw all my problems upon God, lay them at the altar and leave them there. I'm not so special that I'm the only one. But as a child of God, go to Babylon. Go to even the hard places. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning when he was, was uh, interviewing me. Listen, some people are just hard cases. They're deep into sin, drug head, drunks, lost. Go even to the hard people. I want to illustrate verse 10 to you this morning. Verse 10 says this, But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered, and by the way, you are going to suffer if you serve God. Listen, time out. You're going to have to make decisions that you never thought you'd have to make. Sometimes you'll have to leave the place you're raised to go serve God where he wants you, not where you want to be. Sometimes you'll have to raise more money you ever dreamed of even counting, let alone having. Amen. Sometimes you will suffer through your own family, even from your own home church, to go serve God. Sometimes you'll suffer by giving up your spot on the mission field, or your spot with your family, or your church that you're pastoring. You're going to suffer. I guarantee you, if, if, stand up. Walk toward me. Watch this now. Are you ready? How often are we bumping into each other now? Thank you, buddy. If you are walking with the same direction as the devil, you'll never bump into him. But if you're going in different directions, you're going to bump into him. And, and it's not just a bump and going with your life. Sometimes it's hurtful. Sometimes it's tough. You're not the only one that's ever been blamed for something. You're not the only one that's ever been accused of something. And, and by the way, it probably won't be the last time. But watch what he's saying here. Verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. <laughs> Joy comes in the morning. Then he said, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I've asked some people to help me. Uh, uh, 
Solomon, where are you? Where is he? Are you okay, buddy, to come up here? Come on up here, man. You are the man. Now watch out. Look out at these good-looking girls. And listen for just a second. Good-looking people like me and you, we have to be careful. We have to wait till we get out of high school and out of college before we start sniffing and smelling them. <laughs> you with me so far? <clears throat> A preacher had stayed at the same church for years and years and years and years. A young preacher came to him. He said, Preacher, how in the world do you stay at the same church all those years? You know what his answer was? It's just like staying with the same wife all these years. You quit looking. <laughs> Amen. Now, I want you to help me illustrate what the Bible's teaching us here in Peter about what, look at this, look at that here. Look here. Are you ready? Perfect, established, strengthened, settled. Can you help me with that? But wait a minute. We need another character. Billy Hanson, where are you? Come on up there. Somebody grab that chair right over there. Set it, set it right here. Come stand right behind that chair. Now listen to me carefully because we have to hurry because I'm hungry. <laughs> this is probably going to be the worst illustration in illustrating preaching history. Because we are going to pretend that's God. No laughing, no laughing. We don't laugh at God. And this is going to be the worst illustration we've ever heard of, but that's going to be God, okay? Now, what does it say here? Let's look at this again. Ready? It says that uh, uh, make you perfect. Do you realize that word perfect means mature, grow up? Understand that? What God wants to do for you, Solomon, he wants to make you mature. He wants to make you perfect. He can't do that as long as you're not saved. You know how old you have to be before you can get saved? How old? Once you understand you're going to hell, you're old enough to get saved. And you're not perfect. You're not mature until you get saved. You can live the most beautiful, wonderful, happy life in the world and die and go to hell. So that's not perfection. That's not maturity. A little boy was bringing firewood in during the winter. Y'all know what that is in Florida. It's something you burn to stay warm. Okay. <laughs> and a little, this little boy kept bringing firewood in. And his daddy was a furniture maker. And his daddy said, son, where'd you get that log? He, was, he said, dad, it's dirty. It's been outside. It's been out in the world. And, that, and the log, Daddy, you don't want that thing. He said, son, the knots are in a perfect place. I can make something perfect out of that. Okay, Dad, but I don't understand. It's dirty. It's from out in the world. It's all messed up. It's got knots all over it. Daddy, you can never make that perfect. The little boy got up the next morning. Mama told him to start a fire. He forgot what his daddy had said. And he took that log that daddy was going to clean, polish, and make perfect. 
and he threw it into the fire. That log no longer can be made material. It no longer can be made perfect because now it's burning. If you don't get saved, if people don't get saved, guess what? They go to a place called hell and burn for eternity. And God does not have an opportunity to make them perfect. You understand that? Now, what does it say there? To make them perfect. You know what God wants to do to you? He wants to make you mature. Now, watch this carefully. Perfect? No. Mature? Yes. Watch this carefully. Only God can make you perfect. Guiltless? No. Mature? Yes. What God wants to do, son, he wants to stand right up here on that chair. We don't care if we make the footprints. God wants you to trust in him. Now, don't leave today and misunderstand this. We're not trusting in Billy Henson. <laughs> this is just an illustration, son. God wants you, son, to trust in him. But to be that mature, that perfect, he don't want you just saved. He wants you to trust in him. <clears throat> when I was a young teenage boy, there were no communist laws in our country, like seatbelts and <laughs> couldn't help daddy drive. No labor laws. And I went to work in a grocery store over here in Stark, Florida, called Food Fair. Don't even exist anymore. My job as a teenage boy, I was a bag boy. Not a bag lady, I was a bag boy. Back in those days, you bagged the other people's groceries. You put them in a cart, you pushed them out of people's car, and you unloaded their groceries into the car for them. One morning, Saturday morning, they buy groceries. I push them out to the car. The guy opened the door. He said, just put them in the back seat. I tucked the bag, and I leaned in to put the bag down, and I dropped the bag and backed off. I'd never seen it in my life. A man had the head, fully grown head of a man, but a body of a one- or two-year-old. I'd never seen anything like that, being a redneck hick. I'd never seen that. I'd never been out in the world. I'd never seen that. When I dropped the bag and backed up, the man said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, that's our son. He said, yeah, everything's okay. He's fine. He said, he's fine, but he never grew. Still with me? He's my son. He got saved. He's God's son, but he never grew. A lady went to put her little daughter to bed one night, pulled the covers up, gave her a kiss, and said, Good night, sweetie. Yes, Mommy, I'll see you in the morning. She walked back down the stairs. She heard a loud thud. Boom! Heard the baby screaming and crying. She ran back up the stairs and picked her up. On the floor she lay. She had fallen out of the bed. And she picked her up and she loved her and, and, and pampered her and, and got her to settle down a little bit. She said, baby, what happened? And the little girl said this, Mama, I guess I just stayed too close to where I got in. 
we get saved, we trust Christ, but sometimes we just stay too close to where we got in. God wants you to be mature. No, not a babe. We, we, during the, during the, uh, uh, him, uh, uh, where did you use this morning? What were you and I doing in Sunday school? Interview. Interview. I started to say investigate, but that's... I, <laughs> That was a different time. That was a different time. <laughs> and I told you about how I was a babe in Christ. Couldn't find John 3.16 in the Bible. If you remember Sunday school I was born, I know it was 20 minutes ago and you forgot already, but I was just a babe in Christ. Now watch this carefully. Milk comes from the cow. But meat... Is the cow. I don't want the milk. I want the cow. Amen. So what he's saying to you, Solomon, is I don't want you just saved. I want you to stay in love with God and let God push you into his will. And he says right there that he may make you perfect. But then he said this. He also wants to establish you. I'm going to come right back to this scripture, but I'm going to turn real fast to, to uh, uh, Psalm 40. Listen carefully. Let me read your verse. In, in Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 says this. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall sit in fear and shall trust in the Lord. God just don't want you just saved, son. And did you know that everywhere God sends you, he'll go with you? If God, <laughs> if God sends you to it, he'll take you to it. And where God leads, he feeds. And I like to eat. He said, I want you, I want you to be established, son. Do you know what the Bible talks about getting down to the mire? You know what that means? Quicksand. This is what happens to you, son. If you're not established, you'll get away from God. Even though you're saved, you'll get away from God. And you get stuck in the mire of the world. You'll waller around in it like a stinking hog. And you'll waller and you'll waller and you'll waller in it. Uh, and by the way, when that quicksand gets you and you start sinking lower and lower into the world, watch this carefully. The more you struggle, the deeper you get. When the only answer is going back to God. God will <laughs> lift me up, place me on a stony place, on good ground, hard ground. But for some reason, we'd rather stay here. And we don't understand. We, we keep fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, and we get deeper and deeper and deeper. 
In the mire, out of the mire. In the pit, out of the pit. And dumber than a day-old goat. Because if we had any sense, what would we do? Amen? He said he would establish you. Establish you. And then he said this. He said, I want to make you perfect, establish, and strengthen you. Huh. Solomon, come here, I want to tell you a story, buddy. My wife's son, when he was little, was a weakling. His older brother looked like, was, looked like Billy Henson. His brother literally looked like Hercules. But the other son was so skinny, if he was to drink tomato juice, he would have looked like a thermometer. <laughs> I mean, I have never seen things skinny like that in my life. And he was so skinny, so weak. I decided this boy's not going to be a, a, my son and be a wimp. I went to hell. No, not, not hell. What's the place next door to hell? Walmart. Walmart. I went, <laughs> I went to Walmart. And I bought a set of weights. It had a bar. Had different, heavier and heavier and heavier, different weights you could put on the end of it. You ever seen one of those? And I would, this, my son was so skinny and so weak, I called him Weenie Arm. Until he got grown, that was his name. Winnie Arm. Like, Come here, Winnie Arm. And I, I said, I'm going to call you that till you do something about it. You're going to get stronger. Get in there and lift weights. And his brother would go to that bench press and clean and jerk and, and all that kind of stuff with all the weights we had on it and want more. But a Winnie Arm would take all the, wheat, the weights off of it and it took everything he'd do just to lift the bar. It, it, you know, being a Marine, that was embarrassing to me. I've got a weenie arm for a son. And it bothered me so, so much. So I made him get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. But you know what I found out in the ministry? Most of us are weenie arm Christians. I know you don't like that kind of preaching. You, you, you know why the truth hurts? It's the truth. Most of us are just weenie arm Christians. But if we are, we should at least lift the bar. At least lift the bar. At least lift the bar. You lift, listen to me, you lift the bar long enough, you'll get strong. How many, how many people are ever in the Marine Corps? Raise your hand. Hoorah. All three of us. Woo! They make you stand in the hot sun, 45-degree angle with your feet, shoulders at a 22-degree angle, and hold a rifle. It only weighs 12 pounds. And when somebody makes mistakes, you have to hold it out like that. And you say, so? Big deal. Uh, go home and take your broom and stand outside in the hot sun and hold it out like that, see how long you can last. 
And you know, what the, you know what the point of that was making you do that? The longer you hold something up, the stronger you get. At least lift the bar. At least lift the bar. You still with me, buddy? You mad at me yet? Why are they at mad at me then? And watch, 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 what else he said here. What else was it? Make you perfect, establish, strengthen you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. How strong do you have to be? Getting quiet in here. How strong do you have to be? Would you like to know how strong you have to be as a Christian? I'm going to tell you. Ready? You sit here. I look down. Look, look here right over here. It said right here. It said there was a, I want to be strong enough to blank. See that? So we've got to fill in the blank. I want to be strong enough to have a strong mind. But at my age, it ain't going to happen. It, it's not going to happen. My wife will be talking to me about something, and, and, and she'll say something that hits me a fault, and all of a sudden, I'm over there where that fault took me. Hello? And, and, and if Billy was talking to me about something, and all of a sudden, it's triggered a thought back over there, I'm over there. And my wife has found out now that I'm older than dirt. My social, my social security number is three. Uh, She'll say, are you still with us? And I come to her and I go, that's a dumb question. Here you are, here I am. But you know what I'd like to have? I'd like to have a strong mind. But that's not going to happen. I'd like to be strong enough to lift the bar. I'd like to be strong enough to do all kind of things. But how strong do I really need to be? Here's your answer. Ready? Stick your thumb up. Grab, him, that, grab that arm with both arms. Watch it. You know how strong we Christians need to be? Strong enough to hold on to God. We got too many people leaving the church, leaving the man of God, leaving God, leaving the word of God, leaving the house of God. And it's all because we're looking for perfection. You don't have it. If you got any age on you at all, you ever been sitting down watching a ball game and you had to go to another room to do something and when you got in that room you didn't know what you went in there for? Now don't lie to me. What do we old people do when it happened to us? We go right back, sit in that chair, call ourselves all kind of names, you stupid idiot. You can't help it, you're just an idiot. Until you, you remember what it was and then you go do it. I want to have a strong mind, but I don't. I'd like to be a strong preacher. I, I, I have no idea why God called me to preach. I, I can't preach. I can't pastor. I'm the world's worst pastor. And it used to bother me trying to be perfect, trying to do this and trying to do that, and trying to please everybody. And I found out one day I only have to be strong enough To hold on to God. Because the day I'm not strong enough to hold on to God, I've lost it all. Amen. Amen. 
Well, the next one you're not going to like, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Solomon. God says, son, it's time to grow up. But stay right there because God's going to do something special that people don't understand this day and age. You two guys helped Dr. Tom Neal to this chair. God made you a promise. He'd never leave you nor forsake you. You understand that? What shall separate us from the love of God? And, and the Bible lists all those things, and none of those things can ever do that. But God one day, son, will say, I'm going to put a man in your life who's going to be called the under-shepherd. And you're not going to like this, son. I'm still God. But I'm going to tell him what I want him to tell you. And he said, that is to whom's faith you are to follow. And you know what the Bible says about him? You better pray for him because you don't know how long you're going to have him. In the military, if you, if you met an officer, you had to salute him. The Bible says salute him. Does that mean we do this? No. In the military, when you salute somebody, you're showing respect. So the man of God in your life, you have to show respect. Come here, man. Now, let's see what else he said. One, one last thing he told us here. Watch this carefully. You ready? Look what it says here now. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and what? Settle you. Settle you. I'm going to tell you a true story. It happened right here in Florida. There was a man who pastored a church in the state of Florida and was doing a superb job. People were being saved. Church was growing. They even built a beautiful, I'm talking about one of the prettiest buildings you could ever see. Now, the story I'm about to tell you, you don't get mad, but you listen to me, you don't have to have me back. That same man had gone from being mature to uh, being established to being strengthened, watch this carefully, but he never got settled. He never settled things in his heart and mind. Oh, listen to me now. He got mature. He got perfect. He got saved. Still with me? He was established, following the Lord, started a church, doing good, but he never got settled. And you know what that preacher did, son? He got a DWI ticket and lost his church. You know why? He got every one of the first three things. He got perfect. He got mature. He got saved. He got established in the work of God. And he got established in a church, local church. He got established in reading his Bible and believing the Bible, believing the Word of God. It became a habit serving God. But he never got settled. I put Dr. Neal up here not to embarrass him. I love this man. 
He's settled. You couldn't change him with a shotgun. He knows what he believes. and He knows why he believes it. He's settled. Solomon, God wants to take you from, ready, from being mature, from being established, to being strength, all the way to being settled. Too many of us aren't settled. Listen to me, I'm still scared of churches that are one-name churches. My wife and I, a few years back, went to her family reunion. Everybody knows the difference between in-law and outlaw. An outlaw is wanted. (coughs) (coughs) There I am at her family reunion. They know about her world-famous salsa. And they said, asked her if she'd make some homemade salsa. And I feel like saying, hey, she's on vacation, but I'm an outlaw. I'm an in-law. I'm sorry. I'm not wanted. They said there's a store down the street that sells some of everything, but it don't have a name on the store. But just go in it. They got some of everything. My wife, Billy, went down to that store. We go in. And there's no labels on the store, on the cans. We don't know what they are. We're sloshing them around, and we didn't. We had a list. We finally sloshed enough cans. We both agreed that's tomatoes. We got back. We got all the ingredients. We got back to, to a place we were staying there, <coughs> and she opened a can of tomatoes up to make salsa. It was dish soap. <laughs> you know why? That store wasn't established. It wasn't settled in on nothing. It had no label. Listen to me carefully. Get saved before it's eternally too late. Get established in your local church. Get strong. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing you hear about the Word of God. Read your Bible and pray every day. <coughs> and know, Solomon, that what you believe does not come from Dr. Messam up because he and his wife are good preachers on TV. But keep going to the right church with the right music, with the right preacher, with the right Bible. And you know what happened? Before long, you'll be settled. Trust your pastor and you'll be settled. And know that what you believe comes from the Bible. That's the only way you will ever be settled. This is the same Peter that walked on water. This is the same Peter that denied Christ. This is the same Peter. You talk about a mean Marine. He chopped the dude's ear off. He said, you're saying something about my God? You're going to take my God? Oh, whoo. They called him one eye, they called him one eye Joe. They called him one ear Joe for a long time after that until Jesus reached down and healed him. God wants to do with all of us in this room today is this. He wants to take us from being saved, serving Him, and getting stronger as we go until one day we are settled. That's in the book.
do me a favor. I need you guys to find their places. Would you simply just bow your head and close your eyes?